Hallelujah. When the Lord make me to lie down in green pasture. Psalm 23 verse 2 says, He makes me to lie down in green pasture, then he leads me beside the still waters. I remember living in Nigeria, and I shared this testimony with us many times before. There were some prophets who said over me, you're going to America, you'll be in Pennsylvania. That's where the Lord has called you to continue your work in the ministry. So for me, America was my green pasture. Pennsylvania was my green pasture. Unfortunately, it looked like the Lord made mistakes. Because I came to Pennsylvania only to lose my family. I lost my car. I applied for a job in the county and the state, and they just would not even give me a response. The place I worked, the manager hated me so much that he was looking for every little excuse to get me fired. And that was the only job that I had. Then I lost my home. And I wondered why God would tell them that I should come to America when I was already doing very well serving him in the ministry back in Nigeria. And I began to have my doubts. Now, when I lost the place I was living in, for the first two days, because I work night shift, the first day I had to walk all the way two hours to get to my workplace. There was nobody who would give me a ride and there was no bus ride. I got to the place, worked that night, had to take my shower in the place, brush my teeth. In the morning, I went to the park and I sat in the park because I had nowhere to go. That was the first day. I bought something to eat. At night again, I went back to work. Did the same thing for two days. It was fairly okay for me. But the worst thing was that the next day, which was that day, was my day off. So I had no place to go back at night. So I was sitting in the park wondering, God, how can I serve you and you do this to me? How did you deceive the prophets in Nigeria? How can I ever serve you again? And as I was saying these things, there were birds in the tree around me. Suddenly they flew down to the field in front of me and they started eating. They ate to their full and they flew away. Immediately they flew away. The scripture came onto my mind. It was in Luke chapter 12, verse 24 to 26. It says, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? And I said, God, you not only made me physically see the birds come and eat. I mean, God, who told the birds that you had food in this grass? How did they know? And I said, God, if you can prepare for the birds, you can do much more for me. And I started crying to God. I said, God, forgive me for doubting you. Forgive me for the times I felt you were never there for me. 
Now I understand that if you can take care of the birds, you can take care of me. And I'm of more value than the birds to you. Immediately I was saying this thing, my telephone rang. I picked up the phone, it was my supervisor. She said, she heard people discussing and jokingly mocking me in my absence. Saying I have no home, I have no family, I have nowhere to go. And I'm stuck somewhere and they don't even know where I am. So she asked for my number and called and asked, where are you? I said, I'm in the park, just hanging out. And she said, can I just come to get you? I said, well, yeah. She came to the place and she said, what do you want to do next? I said, I don't know. I have no home. I have nothing and I may get fired. I'm just almost done with life. I was in tears. And she said, you know what? I just spoke to somebody and they said, you can rent a room that is already furnished. You don't have to pay until you get your pay from your work. She drove me to the place. I had a room for that night and for the rest of the nights. As she was about to leave, she said, what about your meal? How do you get your meal? I said, I don't know. If they get it from that house, they're going to throw it away because they don't even like me where I used to live. And she said, you know what? Let me drive you to the post office. At the post office, they opened a mailbox for me and they had to redirect all my mail to that place. We came back to the house and she left. Then I discovered that one of my neighbors works in the same place where I work on the night shift. So I'm going to have a right to work. I told my neighbor, drive me to the post office. And when I got to the post office, the letter was waiting for me from the state offering me the job that I so wanted. Instead of taking the letter and being happy, I was crying. Everybody was looking at me at the post office. I was crying and crying and shedding tears. They're like, did anybody die? I said, no. What is wrong? I said, you don't understand. This is not just tears. It's the tears of joy. I said, I'm crying because I almost did not believe God anymore for my life. I started doubting this God. But I never knew that he actually placed me in the place that was my green pasture. All I had to do was just trust him and find rest where he asked me to be. And I never did. And I asked him for forgiveness. And I felt whole again. You see, the book of Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 8 to 9 says, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I wish I had remembered this. What God sees is not what I see. It's not what you see. It's too high for you. If you see things the way he sees it, if you know all that God knows, you will become God. That is why last week we talked about God being our shepherd. He's not just a shepherd because he just can lead you. He can lead you to the place where he has prepared for you to protect you, to sustain you, to provide for you. And to meet your needs. Let's dig a little bit into the scripture. So we can understand this very well. But while we're looking into the scripture. I want to 
begin to ask you this question like I did last week. Are you in your green pasture? Are you where God wants you to be physically or spiritually in your right relationship with him? Are you in your green pasture? Genesis chapter 26 verse 1 to 3. It says, now there was famine in the land beside the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father, Abraham. Isaac was like me at that time. God says, in Philistines, stay in this place in Gerar. Well, I'm going to bless you. You will expect God to place Isaac in a place that was already prospering. But Isaac gets to the place and discovers there was famine. That is what we call recession. It means as a farmer, nothing will grow on the soil. It means as a shepherd, he had nothing to feed his sheep. Why would God tell him, stay in this place? Do not leave this place and I will bless you. How can God want to bless you in a place where there is no sign of prosperity? Everybody is hungry. Everybody is in poverty. And God said, this is where I want you to stay. I want to bless you. I wonder what would have come into the mind of Isaac at that time. Could this be my green pasture, a place where I have to rest and trust God that he's going to provide for me? Nothing seemed to work in this whole place. Everybody's complaining. But God went ahead and said in verse 5, 26 verse 5, he says, Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instruction, that was why I blessed Abraham. It wasn't about where he was. It was about where I want him to be. It wasn't about what he wanted to do. It's about what I want him to do. Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing that he wants you to do? Do you know God to be with you as your shepherd, guiding and leading you? Are you listening to his voice so that you can hear what he is saying to you? And are you ready to obey God no matter how difficult the circumstance is? No matter how stupid and foolish his instructions are, are you willing to go that route and say, as long as it is from the Lord, I am going to do it. He says, because Abraham obeyed. Now, 26 verse 12 to 14 says, Isaac planted, hallelujah, Isaac planted crops in a land that was a land of famine. It's like during recession, adverse poverty, and they ask you to go into real estate. And you'd be like, really? People can't even pay their rent, and you want to sell homes. And you're expecting to make profits? 
That was his situation. But the Bible says, Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold. Each crop produced a hundred times for him. Because the Lord blessed him, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that even the Philistines, they envied him. May you become the envy of those who look down on you and has always feel that you will never, ever, ever amount to whatever they have belittled you to, that you won't even get to that stage. May they envy you so much that they will want to see God's glory and they will come to you and say, you cannot do this. There is no way you can be this successful in your life. There's no way that marriage could have worked out. There's no way those children would have been in that part of that relationship with you. There is no way you would have been healed. There's no way you would have had that promotion. There's no way your business would have been booming. Except there is a supernatural power behind it. And they will acknowledge your God and envy you so much that they want to connect to you and serve your God because of what God is doing physically manifesting in your life. That is my prayer for you. They envied him. These were people who chased him out at a certain point and he went towards the valley of Jerah. Now look at what happened next. Genesis chapter 26 verse 28. The answer, that's the king. And his commanders, they came to him and answered. They said, we saw clearly what? That the Lord was with you. The Lord is your shepherd. Even in the time of famine, when we see the great things that happen in your life, we know very well that the Lord is with you. So they said, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said, we ought to be sworn Agreement between us, between us and you. Let us make a treaty. Let us make peace with you. We hate you so much, we want to destroy you. But we know that if we try to destroy you, your shepherd is with you. He will protect you. And if he comes against us, we are finished. You are so anointed that we will not dare to touch you. You have this flame of fire around you that we cannot go through. To carry out our evil deeds on you. No matter how much cash we place on you, it will never penetrate your life because of the glory of God that comes with full protection and assurance even in your life. We're so scared of you. You are human, but there is a supernatural being surrounding you. So please make peace with us. He did not ask them for peace. They came to ask him for peace. Why? Because the Lord was his shepherd and he was in the place where God wanted him to be. Are you being sustained by God? Are you allowing God lead you? Are you obedient to his leading? Are you where God wants you to be? That is a question I'm asking everyone today. I want to give another example. Genesis chapter 13 from verse 2, 5 and 11. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. Now Lot, his nephew, who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together. 
for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abraham's elders and Lot's. The Canaanites and Parasites, Parasites were also living in the land at that time. So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. It's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zor was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So the Lord chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted ways. Remember what we talked about in Isaiah. Your ways are not my ways, neither are your thoughts my thoughts. Lot has become so prosperous because he was connected to the man whom God blessed, Abraham. Their head has grown so much that their head has begun to quarrel. And what did Abraham do? Abraham was the older one. He would have chosen where to go. But Abraham knew very well that wherever he is, where God wants him to be, he will prosper. So he said to Lot, you know what? Just make the first choice. Wherever you choose, you go to the right, I go to the left. You choose the left, I'll choose the right. That was improper because Abraham was the older. But he didn't want to make the first choice. And Lot looked and saw what seemed to be the green pasture, the place that flourished. He called it like, he said it was like the garden of the Lord. And he said, you know, I'm going this way. So what Lot saw was a green pasture, a flourishing land, a place of business boom. But what God saw in that place was a place of evil, a place of destruction. Lot did not seek God. So he went to the best place in his eyes. And what happened? That place was destroyed. He lost his wife, he lost his properties, and he lost his, all his businesses. Meanwhile, Abraham continued to flourish where God wanted him to be. You see, it's not easy to see things the way God sees it. If we were to see the green pasture, we would not need God. We would know it's a green pasture. Everything is going on well. But that may not be where God wants you to be. How many times have we seen things so good and we say, God, do I take this? Do I do this? A job promotion so, so tempting. Everybody wants it and they just offer it to you. How many times have you like take a step back and say, God, do you really want me to get this? All we say is, I got the promotion. Glory be to God. Thanksgiving, testimony, joys. Are you in your green pasture? So that's why the scripture says God makes you, which means God shows you where. But you have a free will in obedience to say, God, this is where you want me to stay. And I will obediently stay there. Another scripture is in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Where does he say they should be? 
witnesses in Jerusalem and where? Moving up to Judea. After that, to Samaria and continue to the ends of the earth. So what happened? In Jerusalem, it was just too good to be true. Powers and the miracles of God was flowing. They had the first mega church in that area. Every day, the Holy Spirit was adding numbers. They were growing and growing and growing. They were so comfortable, they remained in Jerusalem. Jesus said to them, first Jerusalem, then move. That will not be the green pasture after a while. Move to Judea. Move to Samaria. My green pasture for the gospel is the whole world. So I need you to keep moving. But it was just too good and they stayed in And they never remember what Jesus told them. So what happened in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. It says, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout where? Judea and Samaria. If only they had listened, they wouldn't need persecution to take them to where God had asked them to go. It looks so good in Jerusalem. So what's the point in going to Judea or going to Samaria? But that was not the instruction of the Lord. Our shepherd, are we allowing him to lead us? Are we obeying and doing what he wants us to do? at any particular time or every particular time. I want to round it up with Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. This is a scripture we know very well, but we've always misinterpreted this scripture. Philippians chapter 4, from verse 10 to 13. That's how I'm going to round this up. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last... You renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstance. If you have your Bible with you, just underline the word content in whatever circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being what? Content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. For I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We love this last verse. You know, if you go into the gym, and you're starting to work out for the first day. And people tell you, how is it going? You say, I'm not going to give up. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We say this all the time. We have a wrong understanding of this phrase. This phrase was actually talking about Psalm 23. David knew that in his land, they had a season where it rained, and most of the season it doesn't rain. So you were not expected to always have the green pastures all around. David was a shepherd. He had to take the sheep to where they had the green pasture for them to feed and rest. 
So what happens in the times that it doesn't rain? There were no grasses. There was nothing to feed them. So he knew that there was a time for green pasture and there was a time where they will have only dryness, dry land. But David also knew one thing, that as a shepherd, because he was a shepherd, he was going to make sure that whether they had the green pasture or not, it will always be a green pasture in his eyes. Why? Because he was always going to make sure the sheep fed. He was going to feed them. He was going to make sure they have water. And they were always going to have a place of rest. So they will always be sustained. Somehow, he will always make sure he finds a way for the sheep to be fed. Apostle Paul says the same thing. He says, it may not always be rosy. Sometimes I have so much. Sometimes I have so little. Sometimes I have nothing at all. But I have learned a secret to my sustenance. My strength is found in the Lord. Because the sheep don't have to wonder and worry. All they have to do is to trust in the voice of the shepherd as it leads them, speaks to them, and directs them. They will be sustained. They will be fed. Bring it to our lives. Sometimes we get so blessed. Our business prospers so much. Like everything is working so great. What happens? We come to a point in our life where we feel that we don't need God because everything is going so well for us. And you ask people, how's your relationship with God? Like, oh my God, you don't, you can't, you don't know how busy I am. It's not my fault. I have to take care of that. I have to do this. I have to do this. Oh my God, God has so blessed me. My business is moving this way. I'm doing well. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I don't have the time to even read the word. Or I don't even have the time to pray. I don't even have the time for worship. But I am doing so well. God understands. Is that a green pasture? Remember, in the place of the green pasture, the shepherd is always with the sheep. Which means whatever you are doing, you must have a relationship with God and you must have his presence acknowledged with you. What about the other circumstance? The dry land where you don't see the green pasture. Sometimes things are not working out the way you think it should. And what I mean, I think God has failed me. I have served God. I have worshipped God. I pray all the time. I fast. I go to church and look at my life. Everything I put in my hand is not just working the way it should be. God has failed me. Because of that, you're losing your relationship with God. But the apostle says, it doesn't matter whether you're doing so well or you're not doing well at all. He says, I know how to stand in all times when I'm hungry or when I'm well fed, when I'm so healthy or when I am sick. 
I may have a lot to give away or I may not have anything at all. My marriage may be the best or sometimes it's shaking. I'm going through that separation. He says, I want things for sure in my life. It is God that gives me strength in all time and circumstance in my life. When things are going so great, I have to acknowledge it's God that is giving me the strength to go through this and to make all that is well for my life. Every good thing and perfect gift comes from God. I must acknowledge him. For that reason, I will always have the relationship with him. And when nothing is going on well with me, I still know that he is the one that's going to give me the strength to go through that challenges, go through that adversity, go through that circumstance, go through that sickness, go through that ailment, go through everything in my life, all the challenging circumstances. Because it's not going to be my strength. It's going to be God's strength. The strength of the Lord takes me through it all. That's why he was always filled with joy in all circumstances. Not my strength. Let it be your strength, Lord. Psalm 23, he makes me. He makes me, which means he's carrying me. No matter what I face, it will always be a green pasture in my life. Why? Because the Lord is with me. He will sustain me. And in him, I will be content in all situations. Hallelujah. Last, I just want to say, if we hold on to God and never give up, remember Jesus is coming again. He's coming soon, very soon. And when he comes, you will experience green pasture. And you will see it with the Lord's eyes. Because it will be a place where we all will dwell with God as our shepherd forever and ever and ever. You will never ever have to worry. Not even one second. You will never cry. Memories of everything you've lost before will be wiped away from your eyes. All you see is beauty and glory and worship and good health and joy forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It is unending. I just want you to pray. I need to begin to pray right now. You know where you are with God. Are you in your green pasture? Are you where God wants you to be? In your marriage, in your career, in your business, in your spiritual work, in your home, with your children? Are you where God wants you to be? You know, God said to Abraham, your wife laughed. Is there anything too hard for me to do? Are you in your green pasture? If you're not, I need you to cry out to God and say, God, I want to be in the place you've called my green pasture, Lord.
I want to be where you want me to be. If you're prospering so great, say, God, I'm prospering so great. Is this my green pasture? If it is, Lord, let me lie down and find rest in thee. If it's not, Lord, I need you to shake me. Shake out whatever is so good in my life that is preventing me from having that right relationship with you. If you're going challenges, no matter what the challenges are, it is time for you to begin to pray for yourself and say, God, this doesn't look like a green pasture for me. Open my eyes, let me see. Is this where I should be at this time? In this moment? God, if not, I want you to do for me the same thing you did for Isaac. I want to find contentment in you. I want to find joy in you. I want to find peace in you. I want your strength in me, Lord, to carry me through this. I want a supernatural intervention. I want your miracle working power in this situation, Lord, right now. And if you've prayed that prayer, the Lord is here. He's a good shepherd. He heard your prayer. He will restore you. He will bless you. He will prosper you in every area of your life. In him, you will find contentment. His strength will carry you through. It will never leave you nor forsake you. This will pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, before I do the blessing on the church, I just want to remind us those on Facebook this Friday. That's when we're going live by 9 o'clock. So we're starting with the book of James. Like we said, if you have objection and you want a different chapter, please let me know today. If not, Friday 9 p.m., we're going live on Facebook and we're starting with the book of James. Any other announcement? Okay. May the Lord bless and protect Israel and may the Lord bless and protect the United States of America and all those in authority. May the Lord forever unite and bless the church. And I pray for you all that the Lord will bless you and keep you. The Lord will make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord will turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord will, give you, will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your going and your coming, both now and forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless everyone.